Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speak Aloud podcast. Good to have you here with us today. We really do appreciate it. And uh, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at in the world, really, really, really genuinely, thank you so much for uh, for being here. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd love a, a rating and review inside iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We really do appreciate it. It helps other people to find the show and lets other people know uh, why they should be listening. So whether this is your first episode to listen to or you're uh, 270, 80 or something, uh, really, really are glad that you're here. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out our new book, The Successful Speaker. It is out now, bookstores everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. Make sure that you check out The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, and Building Your Platform. It is the guide, the handbook, the resource that you need for finding and booking gigs. All right, so today we're going to be talking with uh, my friend David Newman. Uh, David is a professional speaker and also does a lot of training and, and coaching for professional speakers as well. He's a great guy on and off the stage. This is a wide-ranging conversation about figuring out what you should speak on, who you should be speaking to. We also talk about speaking fees. We talk about demo videos. We talk about the NSA, the National Speakers Association. Wide-ranging conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy this. David has a lot of great resources for speaking that we get into and talk about. Definitely check out his work. But uh, let's jump into this conversation with Mr. David Newman. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, joined by my friend, Mr. David Newman, whose new book, Do It Speaking, is the book that all speakers need to get. We're going to talk about that today. But uh, David, thanks for joining us. How are you today, man? Hey, Grant. Great to be here, buddy. Thank you for having me on. You bet. You bet. So, I'm curious about your speaking journey, and that's typically what we like to talk through here is how you got into speaking, what speaking looks like for you today. Let's start with where you are at this moment, though. How much speaking are you doing? How does speaking fit into your business? I know that we actually do similar things. It's something we've, we've talked a lot about is that we and we're, we're friends, we're also competitors. So give us a snapshot of what your business looks like today in the speaking space. Sure. So at this point, we are running a marketing and mentoring company, and I've got nine people. I know you have a whole posse of people that that work with you as well. But every time I say it's like, where did these nine people come from? Like, what the heck happened? (laughs) So we run, like I said, a marketing, mentoring, and coaching company, and we work with consultants and experts and trainers and seminar leaders and course creators and obviously professional speakers also who want to really maximize their speaking revenue stream. Mm -hmm. So, and even, you know, paid speaking is one aspect of it and also lead generating speaking where it's not about getting paid to speak. It's getting paid because you spoke. Right. There are some executives and some C-suite people and some professionals, accountants, attorneys, et cetera, that come to us, not because they want to get a big stage keynote the way that you and I teach, but because they just want to speak locally or regionally as a client magnet. 
and how to build that client magnet speech and how to get people to rush up to them after their program and go, oh my gosh, you're singing my song. I have to talk to you. Here's my business card. We got to bring you in. This is exactly what we've been wrestling with. So helping them do that, we'd have a mentoring program called the Speaker Profit Formula. We also, like you, we help people with video and we have an event called the Speaker Video Summit that we do four times a year. It's out in Burbank, California. We rent out a big 300 seat theater and have people on stage doing a three, four camera HD video shoot. And we also do a little bit of done for you services. So we help people with a little bit of this and that on the side as well. So that's sort of the snapshot of where things are today. Where things started was a complete hot mess train wreck, like just disaster. So I came out of a, a 10 year corporate training and consulting career. Went out on my own January 1st of the year 2002 Mm -hmm. and figured, well, I already know how to train. I know how to do workshops. I know how to lead seminars. How hard can this be? Come on, Grant Baldwin. How hard can this be? I know. It seems so simple. Yeah, it's easy. What I didn't know is, of course, what all of your fantastic clients come to you for. It's like, it's not about doing the work. It's about getting the work. Right. Like, how do I do marketing? How do I do sales? How do I do prospecting? How do... I knew none of this, Grant. I was like totally a lost babe in the woods. I also had no expertise, no specific expertise. I had 30 different workshop topics. So I was a complete generalist. Because I came out of the corporate world, right. I just figured, oh, I'll teach a little bit of everything. Right, right. Because in the corporate world, you can teach a little bit of everything and you still get your paycheck in the big world, not so much. So it was three years of bumping into dead ends, hitting every brick wall, making every mistake in the book, falling through all the manhole covers. And I finally realized that I need to do what I really enjoy. And what I really enjoyed was the marketing and the sales and the business development aspect of things. Again, following through on the mantra that we often teach what we most ourselves need to learn. Sure. And so that was my situation as well. But the moment I focused, the moment that I said, this is where I want to specialize, everything got easier. I mean, literally the floodgates opened. So I started having some success. I got some big corporate training and speaking contracts with companies like IBM and Microsoft and QVC some financial services, Citizens Bank, PNC Bank. I'm here in in the Philadelphia area. So some Mm -hmm. of these companies are headquartered locally. Did some work with Comcast, who's in my backyard, QVC, big home shopping network is about 20 miles from where I'm sitting right now. So I started to figure some things out. Then other experts and speakers were coming to me and going, David, you're so smart. How are you landing these big gigs? How are you landing these... And of course, I didn't want to tell them, hey, even a blind squirrel occasionally finds a nut. So they were asking me for help. The typical, hey, Grant, can I pick your brain? Can we have lunch? Can we have breakfast? Can we have coffee? So I started having lunch and breakfast and coffee with all these good people. No money changed hands. I never even thought about charging money for this. And one of my friends who's a career consultant and is still a good friend to this day, he says, you should do this professionally. And I said, do what professionally? Like, eat omelets and drink coffee. He says, no, you should help other experts and speakers and consultants do what you're doing. And I laughed at him. I said, come on, speakers and consultants, they're all broke. Nobody has any money. I'm working with these big giant corporations. I've got these training contracts. I've got these three and six month engagements. Tell you what, thank you for the omelet. 
you know, great talking to you, happy I could help. I'm going back into my big corporate clients. The turning point was this. I get a three gig deal with a local insurance brokerage firm here in suburban Philadelphia. They paid for three programs in advance. And I'm not going to tell you the fee because it was embarrassingly low. All right, I'll tell you the fee. It was $3,500 each. So I did three, it's like 2007. Three gigs, $3,500 paid in advance, my friends, paid in advance, took a check for $10,500 to the bank in 2007. This should have been like the greatest day of my life. Yeah. I walk in to the insurance brokerage firm and I see these 20 people in this little conference room and they all have these nasty, mean, sour faces. And they all have their arms crossed in front of them. Like, okay, tough guy. You know, we have to be here. This yeah. better be good. The typical prisoner, right? The yep, training yep. prisoner. And I realized, okay, flash of the obvious moment. I was having more fun with my speaker buddies, having the breakfast, the lunch, the coffees, telling about marketing strategies, positioning, packaging, messaging. Here's how to do this. Here's not how not to do that. I looked out at these 20 sour faces, Grant, and I said, man, I'm in the wrong room. I'm in the wrong room teaching the wrong thing to the wrong people for the wrong reason. And that was the day that I started to turn down my quote unquote corporate business yeah. and started to really focus on helping the folks that you and I both help, the independent speaker, coach, consultant, trainer. And even we're starting to work now with some executives who speak on behalf of their company yeah. because they want to build their personal brand and their leadership brand as well through speaking. It was a blinding flash of the obvious that I'm doing the wrong thing. My heart's not in it. I'm not feeling good. I'm not making the impact that I want to have. So yeah. I stopped. And that was scary because, you know, when you're starting out, it was a major, major left turn in my business. Yeah. It's like, how do I find these other speakers and coaches and consultants and experts? And that was the beginning of the beginning. I want to go back to something you said where when you were first doing a lot of training and speaking, you said that you were doing, you had uh, 30 different topics and it's kind of the, the challenge that a lot of speakers run into. What do you speak about and what do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything and everything and nothing all at the same time. And you just try to come up with whatever they're looking for. And yes, I'm an expert in this. And yes, I'm an expert in that. You said that uh, going from 30 and starting to narrow it down, realizing like that's when things started to change for you. When you have 30 potential options, how did you ultimately determine like, okay, this option is the best option for me when the other 29, you could make a justifiable case that maybe they're okay too. And I find that a lot of speakers just ultimately have a challenge with that, that you're exactly right, that the more narrow, the more clear, the more focused you are, the easier it is to get gigs. But it's that we're kind of like thinking through the opportunity cost of what if I do this? What if I choose the wrong route? If I choose the wrong topic? So how did you narrow down to figure out like, all right, if I double down on this, this is the best path without second guessing on all the others. Yeah, great, great question. And this is something that I think all of our folks are struggling with. So let me just go down the list of the topics. I'm not going to give you all 30, but it was things like leadership, team building, communication skills, presentation skills, leading through trust, leading through change, hiring, firing, delegating, effective performance reviews, time management, project management. Oh my gosh. So right, right away, I took three quarters of those and said, I never want to see those again. I just never want to see that. I hate yeah. those. Right, right. That left me five or six. And the things I really loved, I love talking about leadership. Problem was I never really led anybody. Loved the topic, loved the curriculum. I loved negotiating. 
And I'd never been a professional negotiator before. I'd never done purchasing. I've never negotiated big giant deals. Loved the topic, didn't have the background. Obviously, I loved presentation skills and I had some expertise in presentation skills, but that also, hmm, that's not really where I wanna you know, set up my tent. The marketing and the sales stuff, I loved because I thought it was fun. I thought it was, I thought there, you know, you could, there's so much you can do with it. And just the fact that I sort of lit up when, you know, anytime I talked about it, wrote about it, blogged about it, I was like, oh, this is my favorite thing. Yeah. So I think the point that a lot of people are missing, you know, they're looking for some answer to emerge, like which of these topics should I pick? And sometimes nothing emerges mm-hmm. and sometimes you have to proactively decide. So you, you decide and I, that's what I did ultimately. Should I do presentation skills? The other one I loved, by the way, was customer service. Mm-hmm. Man, I was collecting customer service horror stories as a hobby. Yeah. And the ones I experienced, the ones that my friends experienced, and there's no shortage, by the way. If anyone listening wants to go into the customer service speaking and training field, you've got lifetime employment security. Horrible. It's only gotten worse. But I realized that those topics were good and fun, but I didn't obsess over Mm -hmm. them. And I really started to obsess over marketing and sales and revenue growth and what to charge and things like positioning and taglines and titles for things. So my wife and I have an ongoing joke that she'll say something or we'll overhear something or even something on a TV show. And I'll turn to her or she'll turn to me and we'll say to each other, and that's your next book title. So whatever crazy thing, like, you know, she's, she was texting me one day, Grant, and we live in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. And she goes, I'm three lights from Bryn Mawr. And I texted back and that's your next book title. <laughs> and then a few weeks later, she says, you know, I'll be home in a few minutes. I'm picking up pretzels. I said, picking up pretzels. And that's, that's your next book title. So it was just a natural skill. It was a natural skill. It was a natural talent. And I think we all have these natural skills, talents, and and abilities, but we bury them in all kinds of nonsensical questions like, what do you think will sell? Yeah. I remember I had a conversation, and you'll resonate with this, obviously, with a speakers bureau agent about 10 years ago. And I was still kind of the jack of all trades, so this is the nature of the question. And she said, well, David, you seem to be a pretty good speaker. You know, what's your favorite topic? And I said to her, like an idiot, I said, well, you're the one that's out in the marketplace. What topics do you think will will sell? And man, you should have seen her face. This was a person to person, like we were sitting together down for coffee. She almost, I mean, she almost, if we were in her office, she would have thrown me out of her office for asking that question. She goes, no, dude, it doesn't work that way. Right, right. You know, if I say, oh, you know, Gen X and Gen Z, that's a hot topic. Go learn that. That's not how professional speakers and professional experts run their business. She says, what is the deepest expertise that you can offer my audience? And of course, because I had 30 topics, I was like, I don't know. I really don't know. (laughs) Let me get back to you on that answer. But I thought I could hack it. I thought I could reverse engineer. Hey, you tell me what's popular. You tell me what's going on in the marketplace and I'll go read a couple books and then I'll be the expert on that. And that's how stupid I was. So the fact that we get to define and decide our expertise and our topic and our niche, it is such a privilege. It's such a a source of power that, you know, we get to determine our fate. 
And then people go, well, what if there's no market for that? Of course, you do some market testing, you do some validation, you do a competitive scan, you see who else is out there doing that. And then sometimes, and I'm sure your clients do this because I know my clients do this, they come back, they say, David, great news. Nobody else is talking about this topic. I said, that's not great news. Right, right. Bad news. That's right. bad news for you. Right. That means that nobody's buying that topic either. Right. So the short answer is we get to decide. And the moment I decided, I could have decided right or wrong. And you can always change a decision, folks. But you have to decide on something. Right, right. You have to pick at least some starting point. And like you said, you can, you can pivot, you can adjust. And I think, you know, any speaker in the, in the industry who's been at it for any length of time, you start with something and then you kind of pivot and adjust. And, and there's a lot of speakers that they started with one thing and now they're on something totally different. And some of it is their interest and their, their expertise. And some of it is also where the market may be shifting. So never feel like you're making a, a permanent decision that it is kind of a, an ongoing process there. So one of the things you kind of touched on there was making sure that there is some type of market there because there is a balance because just because you know, you're deeply, deeply, deeply passionate about a topic doesn't necessarily mean that any organizations or groups are actually hiring speakers to talk about that. So how have you found the balance between here's opportunities and here's what I'm actually passionate about and maybe they're slightly different things. So how do you go about working with students in that way? Fantastic question. I like to draw three circles. So we're on a podcast and I'm going to imagine, imagine a whiteboard or a flip chart. Grant and I are standing in front of the classroom here. Here's the three circles. Circle number one always starts with who. Who do you want to serve? Who do you want to hang out with? Who would you love to have as your clients and audiences? And you got to get crystal clear and specific on that. Then second circle overlaying that is the topic right? So, so the topic is what are those people hungry to learn, do, or become, right. right? So now we have the who and then the what. And then the third circle is, well, how would you like to deliver that? So a lot of people say, well, I, I'm a speaker. I guess I have to do keynotes. I like to put speaking in a bigger box. Mm -hmm. So you could certainly do keynotes, but you could also do training. You could do seminars. You can do online courses. You can do CEO roundtables. You can do mastermind groups. You can do all kinds of different coaching, speaking, training, facilitation, etc. But that's really the three things. It's the who do you want to hang out with? Who do you resonate with? Who resonates with you? What are those people hungry, already hungry? to learn, do, or become, yeah. and then how can you be the bridge? And how will you deliver that mechanism through which they can learn, do, and become what they already want to be doing? Because the challenge is, here's my passion. Grant, I am passionate about this topic. Now you have two sales to make in the marketplace. Yeah. Number one, you have to go out to the marketplace and say, guys, you have this problem. And then you have to sell them a second sale. I have the solution because I'm so passionate about this problem that they might not know they have. And I'm so passionate about my specific methodology or my specific framework or speech topic that would help you solve it. You never want to make two sales. You want to make one sale. So solve a problem or address an issue that they already know is an urgent, pervasive, expensive problem, challenge, heartache, gap, et cetera. Tap into the right people, understand what they're already looking to accomplish. And my phrase for that is what do they want to learn or do or become? Yeah. And then 
figure out what are the various distribution methods for your expertise where you can deliver that small, medium, large, and supersize. And that third circle grant, last point on this, is figure out different levels of depth, duration, and detail. Yeah. So if I'm giving you a 45-minute keynote, that's like that's small, right? That's yeah. small depth, small duration, small detail. You sign up for like a two-year super duper, you know, deep dive consulting engagement, that is on the other end of the spectrum, that is supersized. Right. But when you say, I work with these people on solving this problem, and you can work with me anywhere from an hour to a year, or an hour to two years, or three years, or whatever your super duper program is, that is having depth with variety. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck, where they say, oh my gosh, Grant, if I just pick one topic, I'm going to get bored. I'm easily bored. I have entrepreneurial ADD. There's no way I could specialize in just one thing. I agree. I'm the captain of entrepreneurial ADD. But again, folks work with us for an hour or a year and then a whole bunch of things in between because we have a variety of solutions and products and programs and services that is following out that, or filling out, I should say, filling out that menu of different levels of depth, duration, and detail. Right. I'm curious to that point, the, there's a lot of speakers who are, are enjoy speaking, but they're also are reaching a cap or a cap for them because a cap can be subjective. You know, for some right. people, they're like, I want to do a hundred. And some people are like, I want to do five. And it's not that one is better or worse than the other. It just kind of depends on what you want to accomplish. But for a lot of people who are speakers or interested in speaking, speaking as one methodology of how they could deliver and help and serve and generate revenue. And like you mentioned, there's a lot of other ways, coaching, consulting, courses, books, you know, training, all different types of stuff there. So I've found that there's a lot of speakers who say, I like speaking, but I also want to do all the other things available. And so what would you say to that speaker who's going, I want to do all the other things. We both realize you can't, you can't do all the things, at least not at once. Right. So as they're trying to figure out what, what should my business model look like and how should speaking fit into the mix? What, what would you say to that speaker? Well, so here's, again, this sounds harsh, but I'm, I'm only half kidding. I said, listen, dude, you're not Grant Baldwin yet. You're not <laughs> David Newman yet. You're not Michael Port yet, right? Yeah. Cool your jets. The things that, because this is, of course, this is the problem, I think, in the expert coaching business is they look at successful coaches and mentors that are sure. out there in the marketplace and they'll say, I want a business like Grant. I want to have a team of all these fantastic, I want to have courses, I want to have masterminds, I want to publish an amazing book, I want to be online, I want to do social media, I want to do Facebook ads, I want to do, and I tell people, listen, you're at square three, and you're trying to emulate a business who's on square 17. Yeah. So I tell people, because you know you get this a lot, right? People sign up with you like, oh, Grant, teach me everything that you're doing. They're like, you're not ready for everything I'm doing. Right. If I taught you everything I'm doing, your head would explode because mm-hmm. you're at square 17. You didn't start like this on day one, right? On day one, it was you, me, a computer, and a phone. Right. And right. Good luck. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So, so figure out where you are in your speaking-driven business. And my recommendation is to focus on two or three needles that you want to move, not 17. Yeah. And the other, the other thing that I really recommend to people is a phrase that's popularized by my friend, Corey Perlman. He says, fish where the fish are. You don't need to be everywhere online or everywhere offline for that matter, right? If you do my three circles exercise, right? 
Who do you want to hang out with and serve and, and get checks from? Yeah. What do those people already know that they want to learn, do, or become? And then what are the delivery mechanisms that you can shorten the path or accelerate the speed with which they get to an outcome they already want? Yeah. Now you got two or three strategies, you know? And so don't try and do everything all the time, all at once. This is also the entrepreneurial timeline, unfortunately, right? Because we're all very impatient and we'd love things to happen now, 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 and now. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to, you know what? A year from now, I'm going to start working on my book. Two years from now, I'd like to have a digital course that shares the idea in my keynote and my book. Three years from now, I would like to have a team of licensed coaches or consultants who also go out and share my material in, you know, share my IP with other audiences. So having a strategic foundation for your business model today, service model today, and revenue model today, knowing that, okay, there's going to be a business model, a service model, and a revenue model that comes later because, you know, five-year overnight success, 10-year overnight success, you and I could point to all of our colleagues and friends and peers. They go, where did they come from? Well, they right. came from 10 years of really hard work is right. where they came from. They didn't spring up on the sea in the way that you see them today. So think about where can you walk before you run, before you fly, and it's almost like you got to slow down to go faster. Very true. Uh, I want to shift gears for a second. You have been actively involved for a long time in NSA, the National Speakers Association. My sense is that it's made, it's definitely made a big impact in your business and then the opportunity to just network and connect with other speakers. Can you talk about how NSA has benefited you and, and why speakers should consider it? Yes, absolutely. So I'm, I'm a poster child for the National Speakers Association. I went into my first meeting in 2003. I didn't end up joining till 2006 because I was a dummy, remember? Confused, lost little puppy. But I, I have just totally, and it, it's exactly what you said. It's about having a community of other experts to learn from. Sometimes it's simply about, this is a lonely business, right? Yeah, very. So sometimes it's about just developing friendships and relationships with people. I'm also a former past president of our NSA chapter here. I've served at the national level. I've got my certified speaking professional designation. I'm in the million dollar speakers group with NSA. So I've just gone from, you know, baby to teenager to college to PhD level within NSA. It's really three things. And this was my value prop pitch when I was my chapter president. It's content, it's community, and it's credibility. So the content that you get within NSA, not all the content is fantastic, but certainly if you get involved in your local chapter, you go to a few meetings, you'll be exposed to the smartest, sharpest, most amazing people, both in the room and at the front of the room who are teaching a seminar or a certain topic for that particular meeting. The credibility comes from, NSA doesn't just let anybody in, there's criteria to qualify. So it's almost like having a professional designation that, hey, I qualified right. to join the National Speakers Association. And you get the logo and you get all the, you know, the online component of that and so forth. But then really, it's about the community, it's about the credibility, and it's about the connections. So taking advantage of NSA locally at your local chapter and also nationally it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You're not going to, you know, people that go and say, well, I went to one meeting. I didn't get any leads. Well, you're not going to, you're not there to get leads. You're not there right. to get clients. 
You're there, number one, to educate yourself, number two, to build relationships, then number three, to join a professional community of experts. So mm -hmm. this is just like if you were a coach, should I join the International Coach Federation? Well, at some point, you probably should, but maybe right. go to a couple meetings first, see if you like it. Right. If you're a management consultant, should you join the Institute of Management Consultants? Not on day one, but eventually you should go to some meetings, figure out if that's your tribe, if those are your people, and if it is, see what it takes to join and join. But you know, it's been hugely helpful for me. I love my NSA friends, colleagues, mentors, and, and it, it's full circle. You know, it's really, it's 360 degrees. When I was a babe in the woods, people were so kind and so generous and so helpful to me at every step of the journey. NSA is a community where the people that you consider your heroes, your mentors, your, your role models, they not only become your peers, they become your friends yeah. if you stick in the business long enough. Yeah. So it's, it's just been invaluable. That's one of the unique things just about the, I don't know that this is exclusive to the speaking industry, but I find that for a lot of speakers, even though every speaker is a competitor to another speaker, you know, in the same industry or same space, but it's also like knowing that not one speaker can speak at everything. And uh, in the same way that, you know, you and I do a lot of work with speakers today, you and I are competitors, but we both know like neither one of us can can serve or support every possible speaker. So connecting with other speakers, especially through something like NSA is a valuable way to, uh, to build those relationships, to network and to, when, when things are going good, you have people to high five. When things are going bad, you can compare notes and say, what am, what am I doing wrong? Or what am I missing? Whether that's through NSA or whatever, building those relationships with other speakers is absolutely invaluable for having a long-term sustainability in the, the speaking business. So to wrap up, tell us about the book, Do It Speaking. Tell us all about it. Do it speaking, 77 instant action ideas to market, maximize, and monetize your expertise. I even got it right this time. It's you fantastic. Yeah, so, I take some work on the problem. I know, I know. <laughs> Man, I had to say, for the first book, the first book, uh, the Do It Marketing book, it took me quite a while to kind of nail down that subtitle because it's so long, so many words. So Do It Marketing came out six years ago. My feeling and I think we share this because, of course, your fantastic book about the successful speaker is also coming out ASAP. Speaking is the new marketing. Speaking is the new marketing. And speaking as a lead generator, speaking as a visibility and credibility tool, the fact that everything is online, everything is digital, means that the digital channel is more crowded and more noisy than ever. Yeah. Because humans are wired to connect with each other, person to person, human to human, face to face, voice to voice, you know, the power of storytelling, the power of connecting and relationships. When you're in a room, and it doesn't have to be a big room, you're a room full of 20, 30, 40 people. Hopefully, some of those people are going to be your ideal prospects. And you deliver value to that group, your world can change literally overnight. Yeah. So, Speaking is the ultimate marketing strategy. It's the ultimate leadership platform builder for leaders inside of companies. And it's also the ultimate one-to-many sales platform. Yeah. So people, you know, often people come to us, Grant, and they say, if I could just get in front of more people, if I could, you know, if more people called me, if I could just generate more leads. Well, what we're talking about there is generating leads one-to-one, -one, right? Yeah. The onesies. When you're in a group, and you're talking in front of 20, 30, 40, 50, 80 people, 
you're generating leads one to many. So now there's 80 sales conversations happening at once. Do that three, four times a month. Your business cannot help but be more successful. So that's what's in the book. It's borrowing plays from the playbook of the paid professional speaker and transferring it to C-suite leaders, professionals, obviously consultants, experts, speakers, coaches, consultants, the folks that you and I both serve. But it's not a book. Here's what I want to make this clear. It's not a book that's just for speakers. It's a book that's for everybody that wants to borrow the plays out of the playbook of the professional speaker to raise their visibility, get more leads, generate better client conversations, better prospect conversations, and close and win bigger deals faster. So it's kind of like the ultimate speaking as a marketing strategy handbook. Cool. Very good. Well, I would highly recommend everyone check out Do It Speaking. And uh, the reality is, is there's going to be things in David's book and Do It Speaking that we don't cover in The Successful Speaker. And there's going to be things in The Successful Speaker that aren't covered in Do It Marketing or Do It Speaking rather and Do It Marketing perhaps. So you need to get both books is the reality of it because we know that David and I, we have a lot of experience in the speaking industry and uh, we are literally open books whenever it comes to this stuff. We want to help people as best as possible. So David, thanks for helping lead the way with this. If people want to find out more about you and addition to the book, where can we go? Two places. Book is online at doitspeaking.com. And then we have a whole bunch of free resources and companion tools and downloads at doitmarketing.com slash speak. I'll give you the second one again. It's tricky. Doitmarketing.com slash speak is where all the downloads and companion tools for the book are living. Sounds good. David, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with David Newman. Again, I'd encourage you to check out uh, his new book, Do It Speaking. Make sure you check that out. Also check out his work over at doitmarketing.com, doitmarketing.com. Some great stuff there from David. And again, make sure that you check out the book. While you check out Do It Speaking, make sure you also pick up The Successful Speaker, our latest book. Both books will help you on speaking. You need them the successful speaker and do it speaking. Check out both books. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us, my friends. That wraps up today's episode. We will catch you next time. You're awesome. Awesome.